I wonder if you could just um, summarise what you talked about at the seminar, which was on using Twitter and Storify in large lectures. Okay, so first of all, thank you for the opportunity to, to be part of this. Um, so what I talked about was, in effect, an experiment that I've been running for the last three semesters, which has been sort of developing and evolving and maturing over that time. Um, it started with the observation that I was at the time teaching a large first-year module, one of our core modules, so all the students not only have to take it, they have to pass it, about 250, 260 students. And not all students are comfortable raising their hands and asking a question in front of a large group. So I thought, there's a computer in the room that's built into the lecture theater. I could just log on to Twitter and ask students to tweet questions rather than raise their hands. This has the advantage that students don't have to make themselves known. It's possible to have an anonymous Twitter account so students could ask questions without it really being known that they were the ones asking the questions. So it, that first semester, it worked, it worked all right. I mean, it was new for everyone. Um, the take-up was not particularly high, but I felt it was worth continuing with. Um, the next semester, I was teaching a smaller third-year module, um, and I continued the Twitter experiment. But what I started doing then is um, I added something because I had not realized that tweets evaporate. I had not realized that tweets disappear over time. And so in consultation with one of our colleagues from site, I um, started using Storify to capture the tweets. One advantage of that is it also allows me to add some text to the, the general Storify. So we'll just call it a Storify. So it's possible to just drag and drop the tweets into it, and I can then add additional commentary. Some of the questions that the students tweet are correcting sort of typos on the board or asking very sort of during the flow of lecture specific questions, and I didn't make additional comments on those. Sometimes I asked a, a larger question where I could give a, a short answer during the lecture, but then expand on that answer um, after the lecture in the Storify and make a, a larger coherent answer to the question available. Sometimes the students were just making jokes, which is fine. I don't like jokes. I even like funny jokes. But um, overall, there was this, this stream of tweets, brought them into the Storify, and I just told them that the general principle was going to be I was going to just bring everyone in. So every tweet that they made would be captured in the Storify as long as they weren't malicious or overly crude, and I actually didn't get any of those. Um, and overall, I thought it worked pretty well. So I continued that in my when I was teaching the, the big first-year class again just this past semester. So I had the Twitter stream. I'd just write the hashtag on the blackboard at the beginning of every lecture. Students would tweet in questions. Again, some very flow of lecture-specific questions, other more general questions, dragged them into the Storify. That allowed me to give expanded answers where appropriate. But another thing I started doing this past semester was bringing a bit more stuff into it because in Storify you can bring in images from Google, you can bring in video clips from YouTube. And so I started trying to bring in um, other things to, to illustrate some of the points I was making or just to introduce the students to some of my favorite mathematical cartoonists. So one of the things that I'll be thinking about for next semester is what other ways can I continue to enrich the, the Storify, the stream. One of the things I did this past semester was anytime a student emailed me a question, I would just cut and paste the email anonymously without att attributing it to anyone and then just answer the email in the Storify. 
so that everyone then would have access to all the answers to all the questions that anyone had emailed in, which I think was particularly helpful as we were getting close to the exam time and students were beginning to, to ask via email very exam-specific or exam-structure-specific sorts of questions. Um, the one disadvantage to using Storify is it doesn't allow really for a dialogue, an extended dialogue with a student. So one thing I want to think about is, is there a good way of, of somehow capturing an extended dialogue? To be honest, I haven't really worried about that up to this point because we haven't had any really extended dialogues. It has been very much sort of question response without a more extended conversation. So that's sort of what I've done up to this point. You know, I was just giving something a try what's the worst that can happen after all. It seems to have worked well. The, uh, the Storify for the class I did this past semester with about 250 students has about 2,000 something hits in Storify. So on average, that's eight per student. I'm sure that a lot of students didn't look at it, but then at least there was enough interest in it that warrants me continuing with the experiment. Um, what do you think was the kind of biggest benefit for students? Um, tough to say. Um, I think the biggest benefit for the students who decided to participate was just having another route to engage. And that was the basic thing that I was after. I'm still very happy if people raise their hands and ask questions during lecture, which some of the students still do. But I want to provide as many routes as possible for students to get their questions answered particularly questions which are best answered at the moment. So we're going through the flow of an argument. You know, there's a point that doesn't make sense. The best time to ask the question is when you get to that point in the argument rather than a day or two or three later where sort of the flow of the argument has become, to become a bit more diffuse and the question may not be as clear as it was at the moment as we were going through the argument. So. I think the, the biggest benefit was, yeah, just providing a different route, an additional route to engage, um, but not closing off any of the other routes. I still had office hours. We still had tutorial sessions. We still had all of the, the standard things that we offer for a module, but this was just one additional route for people to ask a question and get an answer. This might be quite a difficult um, question to answer, but have you noticed any um, increase in their performance? So has their learning um, you know, benefited from, from doing this? In some sense, it's a very easy question to ask because with a class this size, there's so much noise. There's so many different things affecting the performance of the class as a whole. Um, that I don't, th I think it would be extraordinarily difficult and would require really v a vast amount of time to try and prize out the effect of this one thing over all of the other things. So, I mean, you have the difference in just one cohort versus a cohort the previous year or the year before that. Um, every time a, you give a class, it's always going to be slightly different. The emphasis is going to be a little different. So, there's so many things changing in a small way that it's difficult to to pick out the effect. And to be honest, I wasn't actually worried about it. As long as the students were engaging, as long as there were tweets coming in, as long as you know people were checking the Storify after the lectures, I don't really, you know, that's enough for me. That, you know, the fact that people are engaging is sufficient for me to keep going with it. And I haven't really worried about whether, you know, an increase of, in performance is, is an outcome because that's not really my aim. My aim is just to make sure that when people have questions, they can get an answer.
Okay, and final question is, um, ha has there been any benefit um, apart from noticing increased engagement to you in terms of um, how you engage with the students as well? I would like to think that I'm one of those lecturers who tends to engage a lot anyway. So I think for me, it's just, I don't know if I, I really found much of a benefit. It was good having an opportunity to show them cartoons, sort of a bit of the ephemera around the edges of math, but also um, just having the opportunity to expand on some of the questions they ask in a way that wouldn't really be appropriate to do in lecture, to give sort of an extended response, pointing out other things that are connected to that question, which you know, would disrupt the flow of a lecture um, because it would take you off on, on too far a tangent away from the main main point you're trying to get to in the lecture. So it's nice having a, a specific forum in which to do that. Um, whether Storify is the best forum, I don't know. The reason I chose Storify is just because it's very easy to drag and drop a tweet from Twitter into Storify, and that was enough for me to to give it a try. So I haven't I haven't tried to optimize. I've just tried to have some fun to play around and to see what I can do with the tools that are available.